Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of That's What B Said, a Cleveland sports podcast brought to you by Blue Wire. I am your host, Bree Rust at Breezy Clee, and I am joined by none other than Brittany Mollis at Bird's Eye View and Meredith Kane at MK on Sports. Ladies, good to be back with you. We missed you. We missed you you so much. Wow, I feel so great right now. No, like so, so much. You guys killed it. I can't express it enough. I'm so glad I don't have to host again. (laughs) The truth comes out. We we had we had a lot of fun, but we definitely missed your presence there. So it's so nice to get the band back together. Yes. Well, I'm happy to announce that we are still Ooh. undefeated since the start of this podcast. So thank you, ladies, for continuing this victory. Oh yeah. Lap that we are taking. We're taking all we the are now on laps. lap three. I can't take enough victory laps. <laughs> I'm to the point where I want to go get myself a pair of uh, those Zubas pants. Like I texted Brittany on Sunday morning and said, where do you get those pants? Because I, I am going to need a they pair really myself. Do. They're yeah. amazing. I think everybody that listens to this podcast needs a pair of Zubas. And everybody needs to go buy some orange beer because I only have two left, guys. <gasps> My orange beer drinking tradition. And we have way more than two games left. So I'm going to have to go stock up this weekend. Also, I think that would be a great way to so, uh, to show your support around Cleveland is by where like your support for the That's What Be Said podcast is get your Zubas pants. And so whenever we're out and around in Cleveland and the surrounding suburbs and anywhere else in Northeast Ohio, if I see you wearing those Zubas pants, we're going to know that you're a uh, That's What Be Said listener. That's right. That's the official uniform. So yeah. if you are wearing them, tweet us your pictures. Yeah. And if you're drinking an orange beer, bonus points. Yes. Tweet us all of the pictures of Zubas and orange beers. <laughs> you have all Thanksgiving weekend to do this. <laughs> Let's start these trends. All right, guys. So we do have things to celebrate because we won against the Dolphins on Sunday. We all know that. But it was a weird week last week leading up to the game. We persevered no less after obviously coming out of a really weird Miles Garrett incident. Weren't sure how we were going to look with all of the outside noise. But... We, t- we pulled it off. We looked pretty good doing it, too. So it leads me to a question. Are we still mad at Freddie? Because there were a lot of fans after Sunday complaining, still complaining about Freddie Kitchens. Okay. Can I take this? Yeah, please. <laughs> let's, let's go on this one. Let's do this. The floor is yours. So I think the anger towards Freddie needs to be judged on a week-to-week basis. And anytime the Browns win... Guess what, guys? I'm not going to (laughs) be mad at anyone. Like, that's not my style. So if they they did exactly what we thought they should do against Miami, everyone leading up to this game was like, oh, it could be a trap game. We're focused so much on the the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph stuff. And then, you know, we had the Steelers after this. Trap game, trap game. Well, it wasn't. They did exactly what they were supposed to do, which was beat Miami. And, you know, they had, you know, one bad quarter. But – that's neither here nor there. I'm not mad at Freddie. I'm not mad at anyone right now. I'm happy. We've won, what, three or four in a row now? Three in a row. Don't get ahead of yourselves, Brittany. Three, okay. <laughs> three in a row now. It's about Calm down. four in a row. Don't you worry. <laughs> don't, don't you worry. You know why? Because the schedule is easier. Woo. And you're wearing your Zubas. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. No, I'm, I'm fine with Freddie this week. Maybe next week he'll do something stupid, but right now, in this moment, I'm good. I'm all smiles. I think the hard part with uh, with Fre- with me and my feelings about Freddie Kitchens is we have these moments where he looks like a competent football coach, and then in the game against Miami, they come out in the third quarter and give up how many? I don't know. It was like a lot of un- it was like two touchdowns at least, several unanswered points. And to me, that just looked like the team was unfocused. Yeah. There were still a lot of penalties. And I'm just so sick of Freddie Kitchen saying we don't practice penalties when every week that's what they have to talk about. So there's just a lot of things that like, I'm still not sure about with Freddie. But I had a feeling that this kind of thing was going to happen where the first half of the season was going to be a disaster because it was a very, very tough first half and then we looked at the rest of the schedule and I, <laughs> I just killed Brittany for saying it but yeah it's a much easier second half so Freddie was going to look 
so much better this second half than the first half just because of the talent on the Browns versus the talent of the teams that they're playing. So I'm still not sold on Freddie Kitchens, um, but I think with the way this team is going, he's definitely going to be back in 2020. And so I'm just hoping that the little improvements that we've seen from week to week turn into big improvements in 2020. And I don't want to get too ahead of myself by looking to next season already, but it's, it's a very hard thing to kind of grapple with when there's still a lot of things that Freddie is doing where you're just like, this isn't what a good football coach does. All right. So I have Brittany down as not mad at Freddie because she's like a week to week person. I've got Meredith that is still mad at Freddie a little bit. And then I'm going to go in the page of, I'm going to give Freddie some props for having that team prepared and not distracted and focused outside of the third quarter. I'm just going to throw that third quarter away (laughs) a little bit. Just pretend it doesn't exist. That just didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to give Freddie some props for that because at the end of the day, they did what they were supposed to do. They beat a team and they scored over 40 points, guys. Our offense showed up. It was a beautiful thing, wasn't it? Yeah, they haven't haven't done that since Baltimore. Uh-huh. They ooh, we have them coming up again. We're gonna talk about them a little bit, guys. But we were getting a lot of heat for celebrating this vic- this forty this forty score victory on Sunday. People were mad at us. Other Browns fans were mad at us for celebrating a win over the Dolphins. Why does everybody else get to celebrate wins, but we can't? It's like they forgot that just two years ago we didn't win a single game. <laughs> it's so funny. I d- I don't understand this passionate hate for fan. Like, I'm having a good time. You tweeted that video of you spinning around and like celebrating, and people were like, um, excuse, <laughs> excuse me, me, it's miss. the Dolphins. And these are other Browns fans coming at us saying this stuff. And I'm like, guys, can we just enjoy this for maybe like a day before, you know, everyone wants to turn into like a vinegar <laughs> head and start, you know, pissing all over our parade can we just have this vinegar head i'm gonna oh my god i'm using that as an as an insult from now on anytime someone (laughs) gets mad and pisses me off i'm gonna call him a vinegar head it's so descriptive (laughs) but like i can't understand that line of thinking where it's just like i i know who we played you know i don't need a history lesson on the miami dolphins i i know their body of work and you know (laughs) we were in the stands and we were like joking that every time um Fitzpatrick did something we would say oh Fitz magic every time he did something stupid and we'd you know laugh and it was a good time so like I know what I'm watching and it's fine like I they did exactly what they were supposed to do so I'm gonna be happy I'm gonna celebrate up until you know Saturday that's what I'm that's that's my plans this week guys this was our 100th win since 1999 did you guys know that only took 331 games to get there. Dear That's Lord. right. So since we <laughs> offer math lessons, that is an average of five games per season, everybody. Just FYI. Whew. Five games. So I'm sorry. Five wins per season. That is sad. So, yes, <laughs> Mark, who quote tweeted me, I will celebrate every single win. Which can I also just say that my entire Mark. Twitter feed, for some for some reason, that video of me celebrating the Browns ended up turning into a political tweet thread so i don't know how that happened either, oh my god how? Yeah. i didn't even i did not look at the replies it may have been what? a good thing don't. it probably yeah just, it's like the comments don't read the comments what because how is that political what were you being political about well we're gonna get into this a little bit well not the political side but because it started turning into a mason rudolph is a racist oh, like gosh. it just it just spiraled out of control so the other weird thing that happened in this miami game is during the tailgate there was a pinata gate at the tailgate this week. So pinata gate <laughs> at the tailgate. This this now happens. These are things that happen. So I'm sure everybody's aware of this, but at one of the tailgates, there was a Mason Rudolph pinata that was being swung at with a Steelers helmet. And I think Brittany, you need to loop Meredith in as to what happened on Saturday night because this is actually PD and PG in comparison. It was I when we wrote this out today. I was like, "This is somehow better than the original plan," <laughs> which to I still don't know if it took place or not. I'm gonna assume that it didn't. There was no video of it. Yeah, we didn't hear about yeah, it. So I I think they probably called it off. And I actually tweeted them too the night that I saw it. Um, I mean, it's Barley House and Pumpkinhead. So I just said, guys, like you can't, you gotta cancel this. Meredith, what they were doing, this wasn't like a plan. This is what they were, a video showing them doing, was they had this dummy 
hanging from a rope and it had Mason Rudolph's face on it. And the plan was to, you had to pay $1 per swing to beat this thing with a stick and all the, but wait, here's the silver lining ladies. All oh my God. Went to Toys for Tots. So that made, that somehow made it okay. Right. Um, oh God. Great cause. I'll support that all day long, but I also don't need to beat a hanging dummy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like the weird thing was, I thought that this more was like, something more that like tainted toys for tots. We, as Lord. Browns fans could all agree was just, I, it's classless. And I know that I said earlier, you know, Browns fans are classless, whatever, but there's like different levels of classless. Like, you know, we could be drunk and belligerent and still like friendly and slap hands and stuff. Like we are who we are. But doing stuff like that, I I look back at, you know, when that maybe a handful of people burned LeBron James jerseys, right? And how many years ago was that? Uh, like almost 10 now? We're still hearing about that to this day. Anytime somebody wants to question Cleveland fans' loyalties, that gets brought up again and again and again. And so, right. Yeah, it's never going to go away. Like, it'll yes. be, like, so 50 years from now. So if you have, like, a corporate-sponsored, like, yeah, they'll, beating they'll... of Mason Rudolph with a stick, like, this is just the kind of publicity that we do not need, right? I thought that we were all on the same page. Sure. And people were, you know, when when I said that, I got sort of a ta- I got called a snowflake, and you're being, you're so offended by everything. And I was like, no, this is just, like, I think back to the office. Remember when uh, there's an office reference for everything, guys, <laughs> including <Remember> Thanksgiving. When... <laughs> yes. Oh, we'll get to that. Um, Michael and and Dwight were no. Dwight was in an interview, and he said, "You know, Michael once gave me this great piece of advice, and he said, think to yourself before you do something. Would an idiot do this? If the answer is yes, don't do it.'" And it's very simple advice. And I just think that 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 should apply to like everyday life. So guys, if you think, (laughs) would an idiot beat Mason Rudolph with a stick for a dollar? Yes. So don't do it. That's all. Yeah, I actually have to say the pinata, at least it's actually a toy that you do hit things with. And I thought it was a little bit creative. They were using a helmet. Yes. I I think think that was kind of. Original and funny. I I cringed a little bit when I saw that video of the. I think it was a kid too, wasn't it? That was hitting me. I don't even know. It was a child. Pinata with a helmet. Oh, I cringed. Oh, Mason Rudolph has had a really rough last ten days, you guys. I mean, he's had a he's had a rough Mm -hmm. past twenty four hours. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. I'm not gonna. Mm -hmm. We're not gonna go there quite yet, though, because I have to bring up one other thing about another rival in our division. Coming off of a hot victory last night, the Baltimore Ravens. I'm envious, you guys. Why? Why are the Ravens having the season that we were supposed to have? It makes me so angry. We thought that, obviously, over the offseason, they would actually get worse because they lost some key pieces on defense, and they risked it all on Lamar Jackson and built an entire offense around him. And now... The Ravens have two losses. They're probably in contention to be at the top of the AFC, even beating the Patriots. Lamar Jackson could very well be the MVP. Yeah, this, you, they're you, a... Oh, sorry, go feel? ahead. I was going to say how you guys feel about this, because I know I know Britney's love for Lamar cannot be matched. And I have let's, to say, get, he is really fun to let's watch. Get your guys's, let's get your guys' opinions about Lamar Jackson before we get into mine. How's that? Uh, then we can just edit mine out if it's too much. <laughs> no, we're not editing it out. Are you kidding me? I'm leaving the whole thing in there. It's... Um. <laughs> I'll I'll go I'll start here Brie Brie, how are you feeling about Lamar Jackson I think he's great I actually like him on and off the field it's just annoying that he plays Mm -hmm. in Baltimore like I I true I wish that he was in any on any other team outside of the AFC North I would enjoy watching him play kind of like Patrick Mahomes Mm -hmm. last year like I could enjoy watching him because I didn't have to directly compete with him week in and week out that's my take on it yeah Meredith how about you how do you feel about Lamar Jackson I still say he's a likable RG3 because, again, I think I said this on our last episode. He reminds me a lot of RG3 in his um, 
rookie season with the Redskins where there was just there was a lot of pocket awareness. There was a lot of rushing. Like that's one of the things about Lamar Jackson that I love watching. And that was one of the things that I liked watching with RG3 in his first year with the Redskins. And even when he was uh, at Baylor was just if there's even the tiniest bit of an opening, they're off like a rocket, you know, and just taking off and running. And Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson has just figured that out. And it's great. And then all of his off the field stuff is just so endearing. Like he's I doing do enjoy these, that. Yeah. He's like saying these cute things in press conferences and, and doing interviews with Spanish speaking stations. Like he's going to be fluent in Spanish by the end of the season for, you know, for how many Spanish speaking interviews that he does. It's just, you know, everything about him is just <laughs> so endearing and he's so much fun to watch. And I am a little upset that the 49ers Ravens matchup this weekend is also a one o'clock game because I was looking forward yeah. to being able to watch that and then watch the Browns oh, and Steelers at 425. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that hurts. That's yeah. a good game. Have, it's going to have to be a two screen setup for, uh, right. for this Sunday. I have to ask you guys something. Oh, boy. Would you rather have Lamar Jackson over Baker Mayfield? Okay, here's my take on that. Had we have drafted Lamar Jackson, he would be nowhere as good as he is right now. They physically mm-hmm. built a system and a coaching staff around him to make him successful. I think if he would have came to Cleveland, we would have ruined him in an instant. I yeah, no, I absolutely I agree because that was kind of my first thought is um if the Browns had drafted Lamar Jackson, he'd be coming into a Hugh Jackson on offense. Can you imagine? Like, let behind like, Tyrod Taylor. Like, yeah, he would be, he would have been behind Tyrod Taylor, yep. being coached by Hugh Jackson. So there is no doubt in my mind that he would, sorry, Brittany, he'd be the next Deshaun Kaiser if that had happened. Oh, Ooh. he would have been, he would have been worse than Deshaun Kaiser. <laughs> Man, oof. I can't so. even imagine the disaster. Like, I feel like Lamar Jackson, if he had Hugh, Jack- Hugh Jackson as a coach, he would have been done in like two games. Oh, yeah, That's easily. It. I mean, it's I mean, I think Baker Mayfield was the perfect person. And I still believe this, that he's the perfect person for this franchise and for this town. Um, yes. You know, it's definitely yeah. frustrating to see um, him struggle the way he has. But I think he's I he, he has the talent and he has the drive to figure it out. I think it's just and we've kind of seen it in the past few games where the offensive line is actually starting to gel and giving Baker some time to find his man and he's getting his ball out quicker. He's not taking these five, seven step backs out of the pocket. So, I mean, you know, there's, he's making a lot of strides. And so I don't think the Browns should have drafted Lamar Jackson over Baker, but uh, I, it goes back to uh, Brianna's uh, Ravens envy over here, where in the off season, everyone was saying that the Browns were this. Super Bowl contenders, and now all of a sudden the Browns are chasing 500, trying to chase 500, and the Ravens are actual legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. But let's not forget, ladies, we won. We beat the Ravens. We did. <laughs> we did it. And One we time. have to play them again. <laughs> yes. One time. Oh, I, I really want to go to that game. Man. Well, so can we talk about this, though, a little bit? Because we were crowned champions in the offseason before we actually played a game. And here the Ravens were quietly putting work in. And I think mm-hmm. Baker pretty much admitted before the Steelers game last Thursday night that he essentially just expected everything to click. And I'm surprised that this hasn't been a bigger bigger topic of conversation around the NFL world because the national media usually loves to latch on to these things. But then you have a guy like Lamar Jackson who last night before the game, I just caught a couple of clips, like he was working his tail off. He wasn't expecting things to just fall into place. And we had a guy that had a couple of pieces added to his offense, and he just thought that by adding Odell Beckham Jr. to the lineup and playing like he played in 2018, he just didn't have to work as hard. And that bothered me a little bit. Just Maybe not bothered me, but I'm a little bit disappointed in the attitude of Baker because I just thought that his entire attitude was about always playing from behind and always being counted out. So the fact that he kind of came into the season with, I didn't have to work as hard as everybody else. I think he obviously was in for a rude awakening and those first five games really, really gave him a lesson. And I think now he's just starting to realize that he needs to get that Lamar Jackson shirt. The nobody cares work harder. Yeah. Baker, you could take a lesson from Lamar. But to answer my own question, I absolutely agree with you guys that I 100% am sold on Baker Mayfield. Always will be. Would not want Lamar Jackson over him. 
Um, you know, I, I agree with both of you that he was the, the best guy for the job. I still think he's the perfect, he's going to be here for a while, you know, franchise guy. He's it. But, um, to your point, Bree, I totally agree. Um, that doesn't sit well with me, that attitude. I never even heard that comment before, which is, I'm shocked that that didn't get more attention than it did because, you know, because they love to put a spotlight on everything that he says, the fact that he would be like, well, you know, I didn't think it was going to be this hard. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> you can't say things like that. Right? <laughs> it's, it's the National Football League. Like, it doesn't come easy. Like, that comes back to probably my least favorite um, I, I call it a lazy take or like the lazy question is uh the whole like could Alabama like especially in 2017 the 0 and 16 season could Alabama beat the Browns oh, and it's like no, no like I hate that so much like if like if a college football team could beat an NFL football team that means that every single one of those kids on that team should be going first round in the draft and you know yes. what they don't for a reason like it is very very difficult to get into the nfl for a very good reason so that i just like i hate that and that's almost what that reeks of a little bit with with baker mayfield of thinking that it was going to be easy and it's like no dude you've got probably one of like the hardest jobs i mean for for what he does it's one of the hardest jobs in the country yes. like nothing's going to be easy yeah especially with this franchise yeah. like this <laughs> come on <laughs> right. yeah yeah yeah, so we're, we'll talk more about the Ravens because we obviously will face them again on December 23rd. But as you guys know, we've got another division rival game coming up fast on Sunday, Pittsburgh round two. And some news coming out of today. Our guy, Mason Rudolph, will <laughs> our not guy. our guy, he will <laughs> not be starting. And actually, I feel like that's probably a good thing for the Steelers. Even Mike Tomlin said today, uh, this is now an infamous quote, we're putting ourselves in a position to win this game. And when he was asked why he was going with Duck Hodges, he said he hasn't killed us. Alluding to the fact that Mason Rudolph has in fact killed them. <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh and I, I said this before we started recording. You know, I, I've been going back and forth on Mike Tomlin all season. I'm right back on Mike Tomlin right now. I'm like, that, that's such a crappy thing. He won for you over again. Say. Yes, that's it. He, uh, I'm telling you, I flip flop on him all the time. But like, that's such a terrible thing to say as a coach to your quarterback. I don't care because it's Mason Rudolph, so I applaud it. Um, but like, imagine, imagine if Freddie Kitchens were to say that about Baker Mayfield. Like, oh my God, oof. it would be. It would be like World War Three in Berea. Like I, yeah. I like I'm convinced that Mason Rudolph has done something to really, really make Mike Tomlin mad. I mean, aside from, you know, the whole melee on that Thursday night game, which everyone is pretty well convinced that Mason Rudolph is the one that mm -hmm. started. We don't know whether or not he, you know, said a racial slur to Miles Garrett. Like, there's still no evidence. So we're not, you know, at this point, we're just going on people's words. But aside from, you know, those little things about Mason Rudolph, like, and then the fact that he couldn't handle the Bengals, like, there's got to, there, like, there's got to be something else there where Mike Tomlin is just like, oh my God, I can't stand this kid. <laughs> and so he's just like, pull, like, blasting him in a press conference. No. And then, like, not only is he saying, like, throwing Mason Rudolph under the bus, but he's also not putting much confidence into Hodges just saying, well, you know, the best we can, I could say about him is that he hasn't killed I, us. I'm, I'm like, what is I'm that? almost surprised that he didn't uh, start looking at his papers and be like, Hey, is Charlie batch still available? Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you guys batch. think that Mike Tomlin was yeah, the one that hired Mark McGrath to break up with Mason Rudolph because that actually would make the story 10 times better. Oh my God, that would be. Uh, I have I have uh, a few conspiracy theories about who did that, but um, I want to go with the Mike Tomlin thing because that's my favorite. Yeah, so for those that don't know, because Meredith and Brittany actually had to tell me I was so lost, I wasn't on my phone all day. So when I saw the clip of this, Mark McGrath was hired via Cameo, which you pay a celebrity money to deliver a message to someone so he was delivering a heartfelt message to mason rudolph about getting benched for devlin hodges and it's actually funny because meredith you brought this up it actually sounds like he's talking to like a high school football team i don't even think mark mcgrath realizes that this is an actual nfl professional football player 
So again, it's been a really, really tough 24 hours for Mr. Rudolph. I mean, right. but wouldn't it, but wouldn't it feel better? Wouldn't it feel better if Mark McGrath was the one to dump you rather oh, than... So I don't know. He's irrelevant too. Like you get like one of the most well, I mean, irrelevant. He's had, <laughs> he's had more like Mark McGrath has like shot back into relevance in the past 48 hours. Like he's True. like, he is doing well for himself. And what was that a quote that he, uh, oh, I, that quote that he started both videos with, which I absolutely love. And I kind of want it on a coffee mug or a T-shirt where he said, uh, Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray, off the oh charts, but gosh. still in your hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I see that on a T-shirt or a coffee mug Who or something. Who would you guys want to fire you, like in a cameo video? Ooh, Ooh that's a great yeah. question. Anyone, like anyone famous. <sighs> like, so are you talking about someone that you just wouldn't be upset if they were the ones who did it? Yeah, that's how, yeah, that's how I'm thinking of it. Like, okay, that one is... me and I'd be like, oh, okay. Oh, that's okay. I'm okay. I've got, I've got yeah. an easy one for that one because people who yeah. know me know that I'm low-key obsessed with Ryan Gosling. So if someone like paid Ooh. Ryan Gosling to either dump me or fire me or something, I'd be like, you know what? It's okay because Ryan Gosling just said my name. Yeah. True. You can't be mad about that. I think mine would actually be Jessie James Decker. I love her so much. She's my girl crush. Aww. So I feel like if she fired me, I would be like disappointed, but I'd actually be like, okay, I'll just come work for you. Save that video forever because then she'll right. be saying your name and you're like, oh my God, she said my name. Love her. Yeah. What about you, Brittany? Brittany? I would go, I would absolutely go with Barack Obama. Oh, that's oh. a good one. Like, that's a good can one. You ma- yeah, that's it. His would be like a hype video for you. Oh my God. <laughs> like, you're going to be better than, you're going to be fine. You're going to go off into the world. <laughs> Did and I ever flourish. Tell you about the cameo that I got, that I received? No. Was oh, it from no. Colin Sexton? Some, somebody sent me a cameo a couple months ago. What? Um, <laughs> you guys are going to die. Oh, no. Uh, so we don't really like to get political on this show. And I'm not going to, but I am going to tell you about this because it was funny. Uh, <laughs> this guy who was trying to get me to go on a date with oh. him. Like, we knew each other in high school. Yes. And um, super nice guy. Are you sure? And I mean, <laughs> it's like the plot thickens. <laughs> he, he he is. He he still is. He's very sweet. He's a sweetheart. Um, he sent me this video of Tommy Lauren. Oh my god! Oh. Telling, giving me giving me motivational advice and telling me keep going, Brittany. Like you're gonna reach your dreams. Oh and he's like, I was like, is this real? Like, I had no idea what Cameo even was. And he sent me this video of Tommy Lauren just telling me, you know, to keep going oh and my keep God. pushing. And my goals are right there waiting for me. And I'm like, what the hell is this? You know what? You just reminded me. It This would have been way better had she delivered the Mason Rudolph. <laughs> <gasps> yes. Like, why, who did this? We have yes. to do this. We should actually do this. Oh, my gosh. Although, why didn't we think of this? I didn't even connect. I mean, those I think so. I'm pretty sure the Mark McGrath cameos cost a hundred dollars. Yeah, we can't uh, afford much, her. Yeah, but well, how much does Tommy Lauren cost? Like, is she more? Because I think that's the thing. Is that like depending on the celebrity, like they yeah, set different the rates. Costs. Yeah, they set the rates themselves. So how much? I hope he didn't pay more than like five dollars. Oh my god, we're gonna have to look into that. <laughs> well, and then here's another yeah. thing that I floated to you guys uh, before we started recording. Maybe we should start a uh, That's What B Said cameo. Like if you want Brianna or Brittany, or I don't know if you would want me, but if you want any one of us to deliver a message, maybe just like do all three, like all three, all of, three us of us deliver it together. Yeah. I feel like this is a slippery slope, guys. It's very slippery. <laughs> it you could know. be fun. It could be fun. <laughs> oh, wow. We really got off on the uh, tangent we are, there. We are crazy We're... tangential right now, but it's yes. great. It's really great. And the whole Mason Rudolph thing, going back to that, him getting benched. What also happened a week ago with their one of their media media guys, Colin uh, Dunlap, I believe. I hate to give this guy credit. I should just say this annoying guy. Uh, I know, right? Yeah. He essentially (laughs) tweeted after the whole melee happened that Mason Rudolph would essentially be better than Baker Mayfield and Lamar. This guys, this literally happened a week, like seven days ago. Mason Rudolph about to show Baker and Lamar what time it is. All right, Colin. And this guy's been trolling Browns fans like incessantly for like two weeks now. Like that's all he does. Yeah, I'm I'm sick of this guy. And 
there was also a, a rumor happening out there on the Twitter world that if anybody was wearing a Miles Garrett jersey or shirt, they weren't going to oh be allowed gosh. into the Pittsburgh Stadium, which I also found quite comical. But I think to to top all of this conversation off, because guys, the game we should win this game. There's no reason that the Browns shouldn't go in there and dominate, considering that they now have their third string quarterback in in Duck Hodges. I don't care if you throw Mason Rudolph back out there. We should still win. So that's my expectation going into this. I think all of this stuff happening around it just is drama that we don't need to deal with again. And I hope that the Browns don't get distracted by all of the outside noise. The players are probably going to be trash talking quite a bit. The fans are going to be causing a raucous because that's just who the Steelers fans are. And we should take care of business. But I think the other thing is, is that you can wear your Miles shirt because the actual Steelers PR guy debunked this rumor that was going on, which I also found quite comical. That was funny. Good for him. And also, I feel like it was a Browns fan who started that rumor. Guy. <laughs> it probably was. I really do. I mean, and I really there's do. Like, that was one of Yeah, us. there's literally no way to, to enforce that because especially if you have, say, like a Miles Garrett t-shirt on, you just put a coat over it. Like, what, they're not going to make everyone, like, strip down and show every piece of clothing <laughs> on the way right. into... Also, this is America. Yeah. This isn't, like, you know, Soviet Russia. And, like, you can't just, like say oh we don't like your shirt you have you can't wear it like no this is the united states of america do you want to wear miles Garrett? yeah i hope nobody actually believed that rumor because i saw it tweeted initially and i was like there's no way this is real and then yeah like brianna said within five minutes the steelers pr guy was like yeah no this isn't real incredible so we've got we've got another big rivalry happening this weekend not to do with the nfl guys but it is OSU versus Michigan this weekend. I know that doesn't mean a lot for Miss Brittany over here, but in my I household, to put it on the sheet. Oh, ouch! <laughs> I made the content sheet and I completely forgot about it. Come on, Oops. Britt. Oopsies. Well, it's alive and well in my Sorry. house because I'm an Ohio State fan. We all know that. We've already talked about my my husband being a Michigan fan, and I think. Meredith, you posed this question to me earlier. Is mm-hmm. the rivalry even alive? Because Michigan hasn't won since, I believe it's 2011. Yeah, I thought it was like Oh, it's been that recent? <laughs> I think 2011 because, no, I got I got married to my husband in 2012, and they haven't won since that, since we got married. I do know that. Ooh, undefeated Bree. That's right. I cursed him. I mean, yeah, because like in, in my world right now, the big rivalry is Virginia Tech-UVA because I went to Virginia Tech. And UVA hasn't beaten Virginia Tech since like 2004. So like when you say, uh, oh, like it's been so long, I'm thinking that this streak of OSU just, you know, completely walloping Michigan every single year. I'm thinking that this is like a 30 year thing going on and you're now it's like, oh, it's been like not even a decade. Yeah, it, it, it has felt very one sided mm-hmm. for a long time, because I would say even when they did beat Ohio State, it was like one time out of, I don't know, 20 something. So it hasn't been a lot. And I actually feel bad for my husband because (laughs) I made him become a Browns fan. I pretty much said to him, if you're going to be a Michigan fan and keep this fandom alive, I can't marry you if you are a Steelers fan or quite frankly, any other fan of the NFL outside of the Browns. So here he is on Saturdays, mostly losing or not or being being disappointed, I would say, because Michigan has had a lot of letdown games. And then on Sundays, he has to turn around and be let down again by the Browns. So I feel like a lot of this is on me. You should have forced him to be an Ohio State fan. <laughs> that's what you should have forced. I think that would have been way. I, I think he actually would have been like, yeah, no, I'm good. We don't need to get married. <laughs> well, here's, here's the other question that I had asked you, Bree, was uh, do you like the fact that the rivalry is essentially one-sided, that it's just it's Ohio State just running the table every single year? Or do you actually want to see a competitive football game between Michigan and Ohio State every year? Yeah, I want it to be competitive. I feel like it's like us and the Steelers, right? Like we want it to be competitive. And I think in most years it has been fairly competitive where because it's a rivalry game, um, even if one team is favored, it typically has been competitive. I remember I think two years ago and three years ago, it came down to the last minute, even when Michigan wasn't supposed to win and Ohio State was favored. But the game is at Michigan, and, uh, you know, they'll have that place rocking, and it's a tough place to play in. So I don't think anything's guaranteed uh, within these two teams playing. 
Uh, so Michigan destroyed Notre Dame this year by like uh, like thirty, I think, maybe more. So Michigan su- could surprise Ohio State. Ohio State's very good though, and I'd I'd be really. I mean, I want to say that Notre Dame isn't that great at football, but Notre Dame also <laughs> beat Virginia Tech this year. So. Guys, it's a vicious yeah. cycle. We can play this game <laughs> all like, day. The, like, the only like winner that we have right here is Brianna's, and she's like, yeah, like Ohio yeah. State, man, just. Chilling. I'm elite. I'm we're elite. I know. Just, I'm just like, kidding. That's so annoying to say. <laughs> just very, very comfortable at the top of the standings right now. I was with my mom today. We were driving around, and I was just like, you know, it was quiet. We were listening to the radio, and I was like, Mom, wouldn't it be kind of funny if Michigan beat Ohio State this weekend? <laughs> don't even stop. Don't oh, say it. Nice. I actually, you know, the pessimist. Like I'm an I'm an optimist, but my dad is a pessimist, and on Sunday. I got home from the Browns game and he was watching my kids for me and he literally looks at me and he was like, Brie. I was like, yeah, dad. He was like, we're going to go 0-2. And I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, Ohio State will lose this weekend to Michigan and then the Browns will lose to the Steelers. And I was like, oh my goodness, don't even speak this into existence. Whoa, he's putting it in the universe. He's putting it in the universe. He might need to. uh, We might need to put baby in a corner until this weekend is over. Yeah, my dad, he is the biggest pessimist. And my mom's an optimist, though, so I will say that she balances him out, and that's c- clearly where I get it from. My mom is about ready to board a bus to go over oh, to Pittsburgh, by the way. So, Brittany, Meredith, you guys are in. We can go with, oh, we can go with Mama Dukes. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> no, she was like, no one will beat up an old lady, right? I, I was mean, like, I don't know, Mom. They might. I mean, it, it is Pittsburgh, so right. I don't know. They will. Steelers fans are like a different animal. They're like Ohio State fans on steroids. Yeah, I've never actually yeah. been I've never actually been to Pittsburgh. I've driven through it uh more times than I can count because you have to drive through Pittsburgh to get to DC uh, yeah. from from Cleveland to DC. So I've driven through it many 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 times, but I've never actually stopped and seen anything in Pittsburgh. I make sure I never stop anywhere near it. It's actually a pretty like I like Pittsburgh it's nice. the city. Um I went to the last time I was there, we went to this diner but they also serve like beer at like seven in the morning so it was like the coolest place ever <laughs> and that, that's, all, that's all that pittsburgh had to give me to sell me on it i was like yes i want to go to this diner that serves like liquor at 8 a.m this is my place that sounds about right <laughs> i mean you can pretty i mean you that's can get it. morning beer and morning liquor at any place that does brunch right like that's the whole point of brunch is to just yeah, like this, this ain't a this ain't a brunch oh, okay place. it's not like that it's like a <laughs> there's like a tv from like 1980 oh my god like one of the big like box ones oh god and, <laughs> yes and you literally like sit at a bar and oh it's gross and i might have to go see uh, like next time it. i uh i go home to visit family i might have to stop in pittsburgh and see this uh <laughs> this 8 a.m beer bar or whatever it is diner <laughs> oh god yes 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 yeah yes. mason rudolph 100%. might be there so oh Oh my yeah. god. So Ooh. I this is a long Gross. time ago. This is like right after I graduated college. So I was still like 22 and dumb. And I don't want to say who it is, but I ran into somebody um in a bar in DC that I had went to school with. He played school at Virginia Tech. Or excuse me, he played he football. Played school. I was like, was it Cardell Jones? <laughs> <laughs> he played I know, I'm so hopped up on cold meds, it's not even funny right now. But he played football at Virginia Tech and he was not very well liked uh amongst the hokey crowd. Uh, and I had personal issues with him. And then I saw him in a bar and I was very drunk and I tried to fight him. <laughs> so like, <laughs> like, I mean, like maybe like being as small as I am trying to go after like a football player. It was, uh, oh it was my ridiculous. My, my best friend had to hold me back because she was, she was not as drunk as I was. And she was like, okay, no, no, this isn't going to happen. Like we're, we might have to remove you from this situation. Yeah, so maybe, that, don't that go, might maybe don't go to this bar, yeah. Meredith, at 8 a.m. Probably maybe not. Do that. No, we'll skip no I mean, I think I think my fighting days are behind me. Like, I'm a little older, a little bit wiser. But, she thinks. Uh, she doesn't know. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Get some peanut butter whiskey in her. Oh, God. Oh, no. Mm. <sighs> also, the Browns are undefeated since I started drinking that, ladies. So, how you like them apples? Oh, well, we go. got a lot of things that we now have Orange to continue beer and doing. Peanut butter whiskey. <laughs> it's a perfect combination. So we were going to talk about the Cavs, but all you right, know what? guys, let's just move on to Thanksgiving because we're running out of time. Yeah, now. let's do that. And the Cavs are depressing, anyways. I was just going to hate on Kyrie for like five minutes, so we don't have to get on that. So we let's, can say that for a different yeah, day. There's yeah, plenty of time yeah. for that. All right, guys. So. Given that it's Thanksgiving coming this Thursday, there's probably a lot of people driving, listening to this. We are going to power rank our 
turkey day food. So guys, who wants to kick this off? It's probably very similar. But Brittany, I have a feeling you're going to throw us a curveball here. I don't know if this is a curveball. I've seen some unpopular opinions lately, and I don't know if this is one of them. But my number one food, and it's, it's very simple, guys. Oh. It's the stovetop stuffing. Just that. Like, that's it. If I could just mm. have a plate of stuffing yeah. for Thanksgiving, that's all I'd eat. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually with you there. Just regular stovetop. Yeah, it costs like <laughs> 99 cents, I think. That's the best. That's it. That's the number it's, one. Oh, that's that stovetop stuffing actually. is like low-key really, really good. Like, I've had, a lo- I've had a lot of different stuffings, oh, and I love stuffing. But I don't know. There's just something about that stuff, like that out of the box. Yes. It's I don't know what it is. It yes. just like it has a flavor to it that's just so good. I know. And you put some gravy on it. Oh my yep. god. Oh yeah. Yep. That's it. What about turkey or ham? Which mm. like I've seen this debate a few times. Turkey all the way. Oh yeah, I'm a turkey girl. Yeah, I right? I love turkey. Um, I actually eat it all year round. I don't wait for Thanksgiving because I love it so much. So. Um, the, one of the reasons why I love Thanksgiving is that I have an excuse to eat uh, an obnoxious amount of it because I don't know if anyone's ever seen me eat, but when it comes to like protein, I can just, I can pack it away. So <laughs> I just like, I love Thanksgiving for the reason that I could just eat an obnoxious amount of turkey and nobody's going to judge me for it. There you go. Yeah. Brie, what's your favorite Thanksgiving meal or dish or whatever? The dish? I have to go with you on the stuffing, but I will say that the gravy makes, makes all of it. Like, I just douse yes. my entire plate yes. with gravy to the point where we don't use, like, actual plates in our house. We use paper plates. That's the only way, that's the only way to do Thanksgiving, mm. in my opinion, paper plates. But that's when you have a lot of gravy, 100%. you know, your paper plate, you have to worry about it actually holding up. So that's my biggest challenge on Thanksgiving is being able to fit all of my food on the paper plate and having it actually hold all of my gravy. Can you double up the plates to, like, give it a little bit of structure? You know, that's a very good point, Meredith. I will do that this year. That's for rich people. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> we live in you Youngstown, Meredith. We live in Youngstown. Oh, I'm sorry. So Hello. I... <laughs> we live anywhere. Well, it's okay. Brittany's. you guys are going to show me Youngstown very soon. Like, I'm fully expecting, like, the complete Youngstown tour. Ooh, there's not much. Yeah, I told Brie, we're going to MVR to get we'll to Youngstown. We'll go down to, to 224. We'll have to yeah. drive you down the strip. <laughs> no, wait, good. question about Thanksgiving, though. Are you the kind of people who can't have your food touching each other or do you just sort of like mash it all up together? It depends on the food. Like if it's like sweet things, I'm okay with them touching. So if it's like sweet potatoes and cranberry, like I don't have a problem or like Mm -hmm. the turkey, the stuffing, the mashed potatoes, like all the savory stuff like that can get mixed together. But I just find it weird to have like the sweet things mixed with the savory thing. So that's why I never understood the the sandwich the next day where people do like stuffing, turkey, gravy, and cranberry sauce on, you know, on a sub roll or something. That just, that feels weird to me. Oh yeah. My favorite thing post Thanksgiving meal, this is like my meal three hours later when it's like 8 p.m. and I'm watching football. I will get like let the leftover turkey, not even heat it up, put it on a roll with butter. And like Ooh. nuke it in the microwave for like ten seconds so the butter gets melty. It's my favorite, Ooh. favorite meal on Thanksgiving night. So I would encourage you all to try that. That that sounds amazing. Yeah. Now try I want that. some of that right now. Why do we have to wait until Thursday? Right. I know. No, I'm actually I'm right really now. hungry. Actually, <laughs> really we're hungry. waiting until Friday. Guess what we're doing on Thursday, guys? What are you doing on Thursday? <laughs> this might be the trashiest thing I've ever said. Oh no. So we're going down North Carolina to see my brother, and we were gonna leave tomorrow, but instead we're leaving on Thursday because there's no traffic on Thanksgiving. Yeah. We did this last year and it was amazing. So no one's on the road. It's just us going down there. So what we did last year, we started this new tradition where we eat Thanksgiving at Waffle House because <laughs> it's the only thing that's open. And then Friday, Aww. my mom cooks you know, the meal and we feast and everything. But Thursday, we're going to North Carolina Aww. and we're going to go to Waffle House. When I lived in Nashville, I didn't have any family in Tennessee and I didn't really have a lot of friends either. Like I had a few friends, but they all had their own plans. So me and one of my other friends who she moved there from North Dakota, neither of us had anywhere to go on Thanksgiving. So we uh, we just like went to Dave and Buster's and got really, really drunk and played a lot of skee-ball. That sounds awesome. And like that was my Thanksgiving. <laughs> that was my Thanksgiving before I moved to Cleveland. <laughs> I would do that right now. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was it was fun, but then unfortunately I had to wake up and do a morning show the next day, so I was hurting. Oh, but gosh. it was fun yeah. while it was happening. All right, guys, to wrap up our Thanksgiving chat, we've got two more things. So Meredith 
and Brittany, this is for you because I think you guys see different sides to this, but TV episodes and specials, okay. Thanksgiving over, ho- over holiday. Mm-hmm. I believe you guys do not see eye to eye on this. We do not. And I'll tell you why. Because Christmas episodes are the best, followed by Halloween episodes, followed by Thanksgiving episodes. I can only think of two Thanksgiving episodes that are even worth like mentioning. And that is the the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when uh, Will has to try all his different stuffings that his aunt and all of his aunts and his mom made. And then I think that's the episode where Uncle Phil uh, gets caught at that, like, uh, what is it? I, I don't know the right word for this. You know what I'm talking about? Massage parlor? And he has to, like, go to okay, jail. Okay, okay. So that's one episode. <laughs> This the second one is the Friends episode where they play football, and those are literally the only two Thanksgiving episodes I can think of that are worth this conversation. Yeah, so this this started because I tweeted my uh, possibly unpopular opinion last week that I thought that Thanksgiving themed TV episodes were the best holiday episodes out of them all, and I actually like I have a list. I came with receipts because in my mind a lot of the most like legendary episodes of people's favorite tv series always happen to be the thanksgiving episodes and i actually have friends first on my list i'm like a casual friends fan i wouldn't say that um Mm -hmm. like i'm obsessed or i'm in love with the show uh but you've got the geller cup with the football game uh there's an episode where monica dated richard's son uh chandler loses a toe was thanksgiving uh joey and the turkey on his head was a thanksgiving episode uh rachel making the trifle was a thanksgiving episode brad pitt being a guest star monica and chandler find out they can adopt a baby was a thanksgiving episode um how i met your mother you've got multiple slaps givings you've got blitz and zoe which were two very very good minor characters in that show uh barney volunteering at a soup kitchen was also a pretty funny thanksgiving episode um there's an episode of gilmore girls where lorelei and rory had to go to like five thanksgivings in one day and quite frankly that's all i want in life is to be invited and actually be able to go to five different thanksgivings um in master of none that thanksgiving it was season two where lena waith uh her character shared her coming out story uh to her mom who was played by angela bassett and that episode actually won an emmy um i'm a huge west wing fan too and it could just be because i grew up in dc and was absolutely obsessed with that show but um the season two thanksgiving episode where cj had to pardon a turkey and she has this like conversation with the turkey about how photogenic it is it was absolutely hysterical and then also in that episode uh president bartlett gives uh charlie his assistant paul revere's carving knife that had been like passed down in his family for generations and that was like one of the first moments in that show where i actually started crying uh, and I'm going to keep going because I've got so many Thanksgiving episodes. Uh, WKRP in Cincinnati had a really legendary Thanksgiving episode where the radio station tried to give away turkeys by tossing them out of a helicopter. Hysterical. Uh, Gossip Girl, I know that that's probably not much for our audience, but every single uh, season had a Thanksgiving episode where it was like the pivotal point in the season where like, excuse my language, the shit just hit the fan every single time. Uh, and then The Office, your favorite show, Brittany, one of the best Thanksgiving episodes where Dwight builds his little hayride outside of the office and he becomes Hay King, finally. That like, is a lame episode. It was... all, all Okay, here's my issue. I only watch, like, four TV shows, like, on a loop. <laughs> we'll see. That's, so that's why that you don't like Thanksgiving the episodes. Office, I just, like... Mindy Project, Parks and Rec, um, Community, and that's pretty much it. So, like, out of those shows that I watch, the, like, four specific shows in the history of television it's christmas and then it's halloween because i don't know if you've ever seen like the community halloween episodes they are supreme the office christmas episodes all of them are amazing like i can't to me it's it's just christmas halloween maybe thanksgiving i can't think out of those shows i don't know any like good thanksgiving i so i feel like your thing your your sample size is way too small and that's why you're like you don't think these Thanksgiving episodes are are amazing. Although I think Community is an unfair advantage because yes, their Halloween episodes are amazing, but also mm-hmm. um, there was I forget which season it was, but you got the uh, claymation Christmas episode that was from Abed's point of view. Yes, probably one of the yes. best episodes of TV ever created, and I feel like that's a little yes. bit of an unfair advantage because that was a Christmas episode. But I am still <laughs> like I am still so firmly unreal. in my stance that Thanksgiving, it, like the fact that I have like. 30 different episodes across like 10 different 
like 10 different shows of these amazing moments like i don't know i just i feel like these are all just great moments and they're so good and i can just watch thanksgiving themed television over and over and over again i mean i love it all i like i said i'm not a huge friends fan like i would say i'm a casual fan of it i would still go back and watch every single one of those episodes like friends uh friends and how i met your mother i think kind of just killed it with the thanksgiving episodes guys i have nothing to contribute here except for <laughs> I have to side with Brittany on this one only for the oh, simple oh, fact gosh. of the OC and Chrismica <laughs> episode and a Charlie Brown Christmas. And that's all I got. That's all I got for that. Charlie Brown. Yes. That's all I got. There you go. All right. Settled. So I, I still, you can't I, change my mind. I'm sorry. She, I am, she's like, I'm, I'm going to so get stubborn. I am so stubborn. I just, I just scared my cat because I'm so stubborn about this. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll take it to Twitter. I'm sure Twitter will weigh in a lot on this. Oh yeah. We can start. We have, we have a poll that's tomorrow. Right. How about that? I'll put up a poll. So we're going to end our yeah. show with giving thanks, since it is Thanksgiving, to the Cleveland-related person or team that we are most thankful for. I'm going to kick it off with Meredith. Oh, gosh. I have to go. I hate going first. But uh, I'm going to be super cheesy and, uh, like, super annoying and say that I am most thankful for the two of you because... Oh. <gasps> This podcast has been, I know we're very early on, but it has been a blast. It has been something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time. And I'm just so happy and so excited that we were able to make it happen. So Brittany, Brianna, I am the most thankful for the two of you. Oh my god! Well, we just have to end it there, right? Because we can't, we can't <laughs> Seriously, like, I, Cause I, I was going to say Kobe Altman. So <laughs> I was going to say Bernie Kozar, Meredith. So here we are. Um, no Sashi Brown from anyone? Nope, nope, none here. Oh, don't start. <laughs> All right, well, I guess that wraps us up for episode five of That's What P Said. Make sure you find us on your pod podcast listening platform, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. Make sure you subscribe, rate us five stars, please, and leave some reviews for us. If you're traveling, be safe. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and we will talk to you next week.